welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. Today, we're going to be discussing the seven big mistakes companies make and how to avoid them. How do I know these? Because I made a few, that's for sure. If you've listened to me long enough or watched me long enough, you know. I admit my mistakes, I share them with you. If it helps you, great. It'll save you some heartache, some pain, and, and definitely some cash, okay? So the first one I came up with was, um, what, are, what are seven big mistakes companies make? Number one is they chase the wrong things. Sometimes they can chase money, they can chase fame. In other words, uh, somebody opens up a business and they just think, uh, boy, if I can get this business going, I'm, I'm gonna be so wealthy, I'm gonna have fame, I'm gonna have fortune, I'm gonna have success, whatever that is. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm a 32 year overnight success, okay? And uh, many entrepreneurs go into new ventures, planning astronomical returns, yet most never even get their business off the ground. That's a whole nother class. Uh, know that success takes time. I preach this, I teach this often. Perseverance, and you've gotta give your business time to grow. It's, we're going to talk about this, but it is just like having a baby from, from conception all the way through 18 years or 21 years of life, whatever it is. Uh, we're going to talk about how does that, how does, uh, raising children, um, what's that have to do with starting a business and running a business that long, but we're going to see there's a lot of similarities. So you've got to take the time, you've got to have perseverance, you got to give your business time to grow. And you know, there's nothing wrong with money, there's nothing wrong with fame or fortune or success. It just takes time and it, uh, it takes a lot of study, it takes a lot of research, it takes watching other companies that are very successful and not just in your industry, but in general, you know, it's kind of like if you want a very clean website, you know, look at Apple, you know, I, I'm sure they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions on their website. And it's very simple. It's very clean. There's a lot of white. So we can learn from others and but there's nothing wrong with those things and they will come in time. We just have to take care of people better than anyone else. And that includes our employees, that includes our customers. And um, we should only scale our businesses when we're financially secure and able to do so. And not until then. So that was number one just chasing the wrong things, not having our eye on the ball, what's really important. And number two is trying to do it all either by yourself 
uh, without seeking counsel. None of us know everything about a business. There are there are a lot of people that open up a business and their expertise is right here and everything else in that circle they need help with. They, they just can't do it all. And the ones that try to do it all, um, a, lot, a lot of them fail. There's just a very high percentage of businesses. Let me try that again. There's just a high percentages. There's just a high percentage of businesses that fail every day. Um, some are new, some are five years old, some are 10 years old, and some are 20 years old. Um, there's a lot of 20 year old companies that just don't stay up with technology. They don't stay up with the times. They don't stay up with what their customer expects and they go under. So trying to do it all themselves. So there's, there's, uh, most, most founders of companies are risk takers. They're the visionary. So they know very little about accounting and financials and um, they know very little about human resources and, uh, but all those things have to be done in a business. And a lot of, a lot of people who start a business, they don't, they don't realize that. I mean, who's going to do the marketing and the branding and the advertising and all those types of things. And how much is that going to cost me? Oh, I'm just going to go out and and do word of mouth. And my, the word of mouth is going to take me to new heights. Well, you know what? There are some companies that can do that. And there are some companies that have been in business 50 years and tell you they're only word of mouth. Well, it only took them 50 years to get there. So if you've got 50 years, that's great. If not, there's some great ways to brand and market and advertise and get there a little bit quicker. Okay. And, uh, so I challenge you, uh, I do challenge you to write down uh, all your strengths, all your weaknesses. I don't care if you've been in business six months or six years. Uh, and that will determine who and what you need to have at the table and surrounding you. And then right below that, um, what or who those people are, their strengths, what those strengths look like. Uh, and they don't have to be employees. I, I spoke to a group the other day and I made it very clear that a lot of them were uh, newer companies, one and two man shops, and you're just not going to be able to surround yourself with smarter people or people who have this knowledge because you don't have the money to hire those people. So you've got to go find them. In other words, they've got to be a mentor. They've got to be a business coach. They've got to be a board of advisors. When I formed my first board of advisors, three board of advisors, I wrote down my weaknesses and what we needed. And they were um, operations. Uh, so I brought someone then in that was extremely strong in operations. Um, I brought someone in that was extremely strong in HR and I brought someone in just extremely strong overall in business. Um, they ran a very large home improvement national company. Uh, and so they were very strong in, you know, a handful of things. 
that I needed, that I was weak at, uh, at the time. So, um, number three is the problem, the mistakes companies make, uh, and how to avoid them is underpricing and slashing, uh, costs or prices rather. Uh, one common mistake new business owners make is underpricing their products and services because they often think, well, I don't have much of an overhead, so I'll lower my prices less than everyone else and I'll get more work. Well, again, a lot of those companies that tried to do that are no longer around uh, because first of all, they weren't really good at what their overhead actually was. So they weren't covering their overhead because they were so low in price and the low price actually didn't make their phone ring more like people think it would. Um, so a new business must understand how to price to cover all their expenses and make a profit, you know, and pay themselves and make a profit. When we first started uh, private labeling 20 years ago, I had, uh, I had our prices of our private label, which is the McAfee system, furnaces and air conditioners. I had it slightly lower than the national brand that I had carried for years. But then I ran into a challenge of customers started asking, well, which brand is better? Because you've got this national brand at a higher price, so it must be better. So I, I, I learned right away um, that a higher price uh, was a perception that it was better quality or better service. Uh, so I ran with it and we significantly increased the price of our private label uh, product and really never looked back. Uh, we just continued to do that. When I first started private labeling, I kept the other national brand. So I had two brands. We had it and we had McAfee. And it just became too confusing to have both. Um, a lot of companies keep both, but why? It really comes down to fear of letting go of the national brand. Well, I let go and I said, never look back. It's been 20 years. We don't sell anything now but a McAfee. And, uh, and it's higher priced than most. Uh, we built a brand of value, which people just expect it to be higher. The lesson learned again was not to undersell yourself and not to assume that price is the overriding consideration for customers because it's not. Price is important, of course, but there's other things that you can offer that customers look at the price and see value and not just a number. Um, but that comes with years and years of brand, strong branding, uh, a good reputation and all those types of things. Uh, cheaper prices uh, mean more for customers, right? Well, wrong, not necessarily. Uh, most customers are willing to pay more for uh, higher quality, um, better service and all those types of things. Number four is lack of brand building. So we talk about branding. We had private label, 
poured my heart into the private label. It had my name on it. But you got to ask yourself, what are you branding? What are you branding in your company? Are you branding your products? Are you branding your service? Are you branding your team? Um, what are you branding? Like I mentioned, we were carrying a national brand product. And in the late 90s, HVAC companies were not very savvy about marketing. Uh, actually, if you recall, or I know very well because I studied yellow page ads from all over back in the day. And here's what a lot of them read, licensed, bonded, and insured. Licensed, bonded, and insured. Wow, that'll, that'll excite you. And that's why I want to go with them. So, um, and maybe you got 24-7 emergency service, and then you got the logo of the product or products they carried. Sometimes companies would carry 10 or 15 different major brands, and they'd be all lined up there in a glob. Very difficult to read. But somehow... God gifted me with a different approach, um, showed me a different approach. He showed me a different approach on how to advertise and how to, how to market and how to brand. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it used to be um, that the big ate the small and now it's the fast eat the snow. Uh, yeah, let me do that again. Hold on just a minute. I got to find my place. Let me go back to that. Somehow God gifted me. Um, but somehow God gifted me with a different approach on, uh, on how to advertise and market and brand. And we were uh, perceived by the customer to just be, you know, locally owned, fast service. Um, and remember, it, it used to be the big ate the small, and now the fast eat the slow. Um, so we were kind of ahead of that because I just like to get in, get out, a full install one day, way before anyone else was doing it. Um, you know, quicker response, service calls, those types of things. Um, and marketing yourself can be uh, even more fruitful today, especially in the new age economy. A strong community... Uh, effort or national brand, depending on your size, allows you to pivot from one focus area to another without losing momentum. So in other words, if I take my, if I take my branding style and my marketing style, my advertising style, and I say, Here's, here it is, go run with it. If you haven't built your community strength if you haven't done your homework and you haven't done your work in your community to where you have a brand uh, known for helping out children or helping out families or helping out the community in some way, my way will not work at all. My, my, my uh, package of how we do it will not work in your company at all because you've just, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of footwork that took place um, and a lot of hard work that took place way before we got to this level. So, um, but it, it's, it, it allows us to do some different, I say, cool things 
uh, because we're so well known in the community. And uh, so it's, you've got to, you've got to have a strong brand and a lot of companies make that mistake and uh, either they go out of business or they, they just don't do well and they wonder why. Um, sometimes you have to rebrand. You know, sometimes what you're doing is not working and you've got to stop and um, you've got to rebrand. Uh, but, but again, that we're going to talk about over and over again is hire someone who knows more about that than you. Um, hang out with people who are doing it well. Visit another company. Find out what they're doing. And, you know, we've had three or four different people visit us in the last month. Uh, just to take a tour and spend an hour or so with me. And, you know, I just share ideas. I just share ideas what worked for us. Uh, but nothing nothing comes fast. Nothing came easy. There's no overnight success here. It's 32 years in the making, and, and we're not finished yet, okay? The next one, number five, is not finding a mentor, coach, board of advisors, um, you know, way too late in the game. That that's that's a major challenge um, for for a company. You know, Proverbs fifteen twenty two in the Bible says, "Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed." So it's pretty clear biblically that uh, we are to get good counseling. You know, we are in today's world. It's hiring a business coach. In today's world, it's forming a board of advisors. You know, in today's world, it's having a good mentor. Uh, in today's world, it could just be you meet with a group of business people on a regular basis who think like you, who have the same uh, morals as, as you do and um, integrity and all those things, and you meet with them and you share ideas. Could just be that. But a good business coach can help you navigate through choppy waters, but at the same time, they can give you a long um, freedom to make uh, a long road of freedom to make your mistakes and help you understand what you could have done instead. So, in other words, the business coaches that I've had, I've had some, I've had some fair ones, and then as I've been able to afford better ones, I've had some really good ones. Um, they've they've let me fail. They don't give me all the answers. So I don't. I try not to uh, when I coach. Um, I try not to give people all the answers. I challenge them to think different, come up with ideas. If they fail sometimes, that's great because that's how you learn. Uh, but that's what a good business coach, they guide you. Um, they don't cover all your mistakes. You learn from a good business coach because they ask a lot of questions. And hopefully you come to the answer that you need to make a change. And then number six is just neglecting um, your business. As I mentioned multiple times, your business is like a child, okay? My business was conceived uh, first as an idea and then conceived at a kitchen table. And we incorporated and we put our name on a used truck and basically put our shingle out for business and... We now had a brand new baby. Um, it was, uh, you know, McAfee heating and air, and it could do nothing, nothing. 
without me. There was no money coming in, so I had to go out and generate income. Uh, nobody was going to pay the bills for me. I had to do that. It was a baby. It was it was a baby. So it was it had to be watched daily. It had to be nurtured. It, it had to be loved. You got to love what you're doing to be successful. And a business takes planning and structure um, until there's a very strong team in place and systems in place. A business cannot run itself. So you can't leave it alone for a week on vacation. You can't leave it alone uh, for too long of a period. And you say, Greg, I started this business and my family needs to go on vacation. Take a three-day vacation. Take a three-day long weekend. It doesn't require too much uh, time away uh, because you can't. You can't leave that baby home alone. As an infant, a small child and a youth, it requires parenting. And as a infant business, it takes leadership and management to keep it going and growing. In business, it takes payroll and paying bills and insurance and equipment And in most cases, it takes many years until a business is ready for the owner to leave it for a while. I mean, personally, and nobody has to do what Greg does, but personally, I didn't leave my business for several years until I got good counsel on taking three and four day weekends at a time. And when I got that, we latched onto it And that's what we did. Every two to three months, we would plan a three to four day weekend and get away. And that worked very well, especially during the slower times, uh, seasonal slow times in my business. So it it takes time. It is uh, companies neglect, owners neglect their businesses. And uh, it's just a good way to go under fast. And I can... I can sit here and tell you about several that have done that. I can sit here and tell you that one was a heating and air conditioning company, started about the same time I did, came to me and said, hey, can you cover my calls for a week? I'm going out of town. And I did. I I don't know how many customers I got because of that, but I covered their calls. They're no longer around today, and they never really grew. They stayed about the same size for... 10 or 15 years. So don't neglect your business. If you're going to start a business, um, nurture it. If you're not, if you want to take long vacations and you want to do things that others say they do, then don't start a business. Go work for someone. Negotiate a four to six week vacation uh, period and go on vacation all you want. Um, But you can't do it if you're running a business, and you can't do it if you want a successful business. All right. Uh, Lastly, number seven, I I spent a little bit more time on this because it's very interesting. It's called decision paralysis. Decision paralysis occurs when a decision maker overthinks or overanalyzes a situation. 
halting the ability to move forward with action. Now, psychologist Barry Schwartz coined the phrase paradox of choice to describe his consistent findings that while increased choice allows us to achieve objectively better results, it also leads to greater anxiety, indecision, paralysis, and dissatisfaction. So all these choices we have today haven't necessarily helped us make choices better or faster. Let me explain. Rather than empowering us to make better choices, our virtually unlimited access to information, phone, access anytime. I can, this is my little computer. I've got it with me. I'm sure you got yours. You don't leave home without it. Most people can't even go to the bathroom without it. It's glued to our hip. And it uh, basically is, uh, we have information at our fingertips at any time. However, uh, it turns, uh, we, we, we sit around and spin our wheels uh, making decisions because of so many choices. Freedom of choice, good or bad? Both, good and bad. Freedom of choice, good and bad. Listen to this. There's 285 varieties of cookies today. There's 75 varieties of iced tea. There's 230 soups. There's 230 soups in a can. Flavors to choose from or brands. There's 175 salad dressings. There's 275 cereal bo- uh, cereal brands. You know, I uh, I went to the store the other day. I don't go to the store all the time, but it was a large store, and one entire aisle on one side was nothing but cereal, solid. And I just I just remember I guess growing up, just a little portion, but you, you didn't have that many choices. You know what I mean? You had cornflakes, you had Wheaties, right? Rice Krispies, and and a, and a couple more, um, and and then they came out with you know uh, chocolate cereals and strawberry cereals and stuff like that, and and uh, but you just didn't have a lot of choices like you do today. Now it's unreal, um, and I love cereal. Forty different kinds of toothpaste to choose from. Now get this, there's 915, as of today, 915 wireless telecommunication carriers. And that's up 3% from just last year. There's 14 or more colors for a smartphone. And then there's hundreds of colors to cover up the color for purchasing a case. So there's hundreds of colors for a case that basically covers up your color of your iPhone. Uh, Remember, and then there's hundreds of colors today for a car to choose from. Remember, Henry Ford said you can have any color you want as long as it's black. Um, By the way, that didn't go too well for Henry uh, because Chevrolet, General Motors came out with white and red and uh, for the first time, buyers got to choose. 
um, instead of just black. Um, and Henry Ford even, I talked about this before, but Henry Ford even invested in a certain kind of fast drying paint, um, probably invented it there at his factory, but it, it could be sprayed and it was drier than any other. By the time it came off the assembly line, it was dry. Um, but it's kind of funny today, 23% of cars purchased are black and uh, 25% are white, 18% are gray, 12% are silver, and then the rest are of just a variety. So all these options and uh, all these options we have today, and there's more issues with making decisions than ever before, um, decision paralysis just means we're taking way too long to make a decision. And it, I say it that way because it's so not like me and my personality. We make pretty quick decisions here. We can make a decision at a leadership team or a, a monthly meeting, and um, we can make a decision at a board table and implement it tomorrow, and we're off and running. And so many people have problems making decisions quickly. So um, all these options, and we're having more issues making decisions. I wonder why. Think about how a doctor works today. Think about this. Uh, years and years ago, you go to your doctor. Your doctor would say, here's what you need to do. Your doctor would tell you what to do, and you would go do it. Today, your doctor says, here's your problem. You have two choices. Option one, here's pros and cons of option one. Or option two, here's pros and cons. What would you like to do? And you say, what should I do? And you say, and the doctor says, well, you have option one, pros and cons. Option two, pros and cons. What would you like to do? And then you say, well, doctor, if it were you, what would you do? And the doctor says, it's not me, it's you. What do you want to do? So, so many choices. You know, it was easy years ago. The doctor said, do this, you did it. Okay. So even, you know, even think about this, how times have changed. I thought about this has to do with branding and marketing and everything is advertising is think about how prescriptions are advertised to users who cannot buy them without a doctor. So these prescription companies are marketing to us depending on now us to call our doctor and tell them we want that prescription instead of the one we're on. I mean, that's how, that's how time, you didn't see any of this. I don't know, go back 10 years or more. You didn't see any of this. Doctors decided your prescription. You didn't decide your description. Oh, but it's, it's 2022, Greg, and we, we, we should have that choice. Well, sometimes we're not designed or smart enough to make that choice. We're not the experts. And anybody can brand something well to where you believe it, right? Psychologist Barry Schwartz famously wrote a book entitled The Paradox of Choice. Schwartz outlines a study that showed people will sometimes choose nothing at all if they are presented with more options than they can or willing to process. 
Although there's been some debate about how universal the problem is, the science seems to indicate that too much choice in a domain someone is unfamiliar with can result in analysis paralysis. As they struggle to make sense of options, they are ill-equipped to make sense of. But, you know, your business is your world. You should have it down. You should understand the decisions that you need to make. You should understand how much you want to spend on marketing and advertising and branding. And then you should understand who is your market and who are you advertising to. And you should understand how do you, how do you want to brand yourself? What do you be, want to be known for? Let me say that again. You should understand what you want to be known for. It shouldn't be that hard of a choice. It's your company. Make a decision. And that's really how we work at McAfee. Make a decision right or wrong. You're on a job. This is happening. Make a decision right or wrong. If you're wrong, learn from it and don't do it again. But make a decision. I, I try to empower my entire team all the way down to make decisions within reason. If they've only been here a short time, they need to ask until they get used to the culture, the system, how we do things, and then hopefully they can make good decisions later. If you have a, a challenge with this, get counseling. <coughs> I'm just kidding. But you need a counselor. You need a business coach. You need a board of advisors. You need mentors. This helps. Um, these things help. These business coaches, they help. A good business co coach is worth... Hold on. A good business coach is worth every dime. However, you've got to listen. If you're going to hire a business coach, you've got to listen. I've coached people who don't listen. I've coached people who don't want to listen. And then I've coached people who don't want to change. And they quit. They pay me and then they just quit scheduling because they don't want to, they realize there's too much involved to change. I don't want to hear I'm doing it wrong. Well, you hired me because you said you were doing it wrong, but I understand, but I'm done. And then it happens sometimes. So you got to listen. Don't be afraid, wrapping it up here, don't be afraid to fail. Like I said, make a decision right or wrong. Instead, learn from your mistakes and make necessary changes to your way of thinking. Okay? It's your business. Test new ideas and get feedback to improve your offering and better meet your customers' needs. And I've mentioned several times, get help. Nobody has all the answers. Some of the most successful business people I know of, they don't have all the answers. And you know what? They tell you, I don't have all the answers. I surround myself with people who do. Henry Ford, they took him to trial for goodness sake. He was in court. They took him to trial for not being smart enough to run a business. And he won. 
And one of the famous lines of the trial was, if at any time I need an answer to something I don't know, I push a button and someone comes in my office and gives me the answer. <laughs> okay? So surround yourself with people however you do it. Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, that have more experience than you, that are successful at something that you want to be successful at. And that's kind of how it works, folks. So these seven things that cause companies to fail, I hope, I hope some of these, if you're struggling with any of these, that, that it helped you um, not make the same mistakes and uh, to definitely avoid them, okay? All right, so before we wrap up, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. You can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing. And folks, please let me know how I'm doing. Give me some feedback, please. Good or bad, I want to know. Um, re you can review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because as always, we talk about issues that people deal with um, in business that we can help you save time, save money, um, maybe even tears, heartache, whatever it is. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. Be sure to tune in next week as we discuss more business topics. Thanks for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day. It's a wrap. 37 minutes.